This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. A uh, TikToker going viral. She calls herself a holistic life coach. Uh-oh. <laughs> and she has put out uh, five tricks for being the most attractive person in the room, Jim. Oh, okay. So if you want to get some attention and be considered the most attractive person in the room. You don't necessarily have to be the prettiest or most handsome person in the room if you just utilize these five tricks. Okay. Number five, have sensual energy. What? Walk in the room like a snake? Slither in there. (laughs) She says that means being confident in yourself and, quote, letting your sexual energy flow through your body. Yeah, sensual. I feel like that's a person who like touches people, like you know, like touches the material on their clothes instead. No, sensual rubs their back. Yeah, smells their drink. There is a fine line between displaying your sensual energy and coming off as a total creep. Yes, <laughs> delicate balance. Stop touching my face. (laughs) (laughs) Do you see that guy across the room? He's so sensual. Sensuality. (laughs) I guess mojo. That would be considered having your mojo on display. Hmm. Number four, smile like you mean it and have warm body language. Okay, this is all very vague. What does that mean? Okay, warm body language, not crossed arms, I guess? Yeah, could be. Yeah. And smile like you mean it. Some people have a very tough time faking a smile. It's in the eyes, I think. Yeah, Yeah. your your eyes and your mouth have to work together on that one. (laughs) Speak slowly. Take lots of pauses when you talk. (laughs) Building suspense. Rushing through your words makes you seem insecure. Taking your time makes you seem relaxed. Hmm. These are tricks for being the most attractive person in the room if you're just joining us. (laughs) Number two, walk around with wet hair. What? She claims we tend to think people are hotter when their hair is wet. Does it just mean too much gel and it looks wet? She didn't say uh, where she got that idea. (laughs) And, and I'm not sure why you're supposed to say your hair is always wet. Yeah, like how do you explain that? You swam to the party? Yeah, you, you, you stopped and ran into a burning building that the firefighters were spraying <laughs> water into. And what about Save us, a family of cats. What about all our bald friends? You know what I mean? They can't. What do you, is it just the pit stains? Look at me, I'm wet. Yeah, that's true. I'm bald on top, but I'm always walking around with wet hair, folks. <laughs> How attractive am I now? (laughs) (laughs) And number one, use your hands to talk. Ah, that's why Italians are such studs. It makes you seem confident and more engaging. But you got to be careful that you don't knock a tray of drinks out of a waiter's (laughs) hand while you're doing it. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. And this headline you sent me, Jim. Man hospitalized after giving himself a nose job. (laughs) (laughs) Do-it-yourself nose job. I can't think of a worse do-it-yourself project to try to do at home. That's got to take multiple people under a you know a, a lab or a what? hospital room. Yes. So this guy not something you want to do with some utensils from your kitchen. 
<laughs> yeah, he, he's a YouTube guy. He does YouTube uh, tutorials, and he did an at-home rhinoplasty, as it's called technically. He was copying the procedure that trained medical pr- procedure, uh, sorry, professionals uh, usually carry out, but he was doing it by himself. I don't see if there was any sort of, uh, like if he drugged himself or tried to do any pain relievers or anything like that, but he was filming it while he was doing it. It obviously didn't go well. Well, he actually, he watched YouTube tutorials, which were online, and he learned how to give himself a nose job because he watched these videos on YouTube. They have now been taken down. Oh, I see. Okay. By the way. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, you learn to give yourself a nose job on YouTube. It doesn't go so well. You're going to start pointing your fingers because you can't point your nose anymore <laughs> at YouTube. Can you blame YouTube? Like, I would like to see how, a, you know, if you're interested in that stuff, I would like to see how, a, you know, a, a bypass surgery goes. You know what I mean? You're not encouraging somebody to do their own bypass surgery. It is interesting to see how the the ventricles are connected. Yeah. This, I'm sure the person's doing the, they're in the rhinoplasty on YouTube, wasn't expecting somebody to try it at home. Maybe they were. It, it depends <laughs> how it's phrased, right? Like, this says... What were they called DIY? YouTube has removed DIY rhinoplasty videos. Oh my god. So I think it was a step-by-step tutorial on YouTube on how to look in a mirror and give yourself a <laughs> nose job. Step 1, everything's reversed. Yeah. <laughs> right aware. is left and left yeah. is right. <laughs> Maybe I can get my own Brazilian butt lift, though, while we're at it. Find a couple YouTube videos. Yeah. Get this badonkadonk going. You don't need a, uh, you don't need a moil anymore. <laughs> you don't need a rabbi. <laughs> DIY circumcisions. Yeah, they're, they're all the rage. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Have you seen this video? It was all over the place yesterday. In Oklahoma, a little league game. Kids look to be around 12 years old playing baseball and a pitcher throws a, a pitch that goes a little wild ends up beaning the the batter in the side of the head luckily it, most of the ball caught the helmet so the kid was okay but the pitcher was very shaken he was upset he actually started crying on the mound and the batter once he walked to first base saw that the pitcher was upset and even though he was on the other team he walked over to let the guy know he was okay and to give him a big hug. Hmm. Oh, look out. Wow, that is a tough kid right there. So this is really cool because as a pitcher, Bubs looks shaken up right now because of what he did. And look at Zay Jarvis. This is such great sportsmanship. He wants him to know that it's okay, that he'll be fine. Hey, Bob. Look at me. Look at me. You're all right. Amazing. You're all right. Look at me. Yeah, fans in the stands are all welling up. It yeah. was such an act of kindness. I I can't lie. I got a little uh, teary watching the video yesterday. Some are saying, though, it's a bad lesson to teach a softball team. In what way? Well, because you should. You got the, the pitcher rattled, so you should use that to your advantage. <laughs> you want to come back and win the game. Sure. The team where, with the kid who got hit by the ball, they were down by a run. 
So they oh, needed. Oh man! They needed to get a run. So get in she that got guy's right head. They, yeah, you yeah. got him right. This is the Little League World Series, people. This is no. I bet you there was a few parents in the crowd that were saying that. Well, it wasn't, but it was the road to the Little League World Series. Oh yeah, yeah. So this is the qualifiers. Okay. Uh, I guarantee there's a few dads in the crowd. Get away from 100%. This is how sports work, but come I on, good on him. Yeah, I yeah. like I like seeing, one, I like seeing that the kid felt bad about hitting someone in the head with Did a baseball. Did he feel bad, or do you feel bad he walked a guy? You know what I mean? Like, does he feel bad that he potentially injured a guy? Because who cares? You know, he's probably being kids. You're, you're a little league pitcher. Your pitches go wild constantly, so you're hitting people all the time. He hit him square in the head. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but he, he also felt, walked a guy. He felt bad for hitting the kid. I mean, maybe the he walk sent him was... To base, and he's, like, letting his team down. I, either way, it's part sad. Of it. You never want to see a kid cry playing sports, you know, regardless. So. But it, it looked like he was remorseful. Watching the video, it looks like he's remorseful that he hit a kid in the head mm-hmm. with a baseball. He was definitely shook. And then seeing the other kid want to make that guy feel better, you know, good lesson for all of us. I don't know. I saw the kid like the, who got hit. He, he came up and he rubbed pine tar on the guy's glove, trying to get him disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> it's all a hoax. Us big leaguers could learn a lot from those little leaguers. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Scary moment in London, Ontario on Friday. Now, I've heard about this. I I watched a documentary on Netflix not long ago about swatting. You've heard of swatting, Jim. Oh, yeah, of course. Where somebody has a grudge against somebody. Um, Maybe they're just sick and they choose a random person, but they'll call the police and they will say that there is a danger to the public and the person in the house is going to cause somebody harm or has committed a horrible crime, forcing the SWAT team in whatever city to show up, kick the door down in some cases, have guns drawn, and move in there because the person they think is a criminal. Yeah. And it seems to be more popular. I think the kick they get out of it is watching it happen online. It seems to be. A lot of times it happens to people while they're playing video games and streaming themselves playing video games or recording YouTube videos. Big in the streaming, the Twitch community. And this is what happened in this case. There is a woman, Clara Sorrenti, in London who is a popular streamer on uh, on Twitch. She got doxxed, as they call it as well, the swatting. Um, Someone sent fake death threats with her name to city councillors in London, Ontario, saying that uh, she had plans to harm a number of people at London City Hall last Friday. So the police moved in and went and entered her home or showed up at her home and we're yelling from the driveway. She, obviously, you'd be so confused in that moment. You wouldn't know what the hell was going on. Mm-hmm. She talked to Global News and, and described the experience. When I went into the hallway and then saw that assault rifle, I screamed and I, I thought I was going to die. Like, I thought that me screaming would make them flinch and pull the trigger. Yeah, you you wouldn't know what to do. You wouldn't know what was going on. It's a confusing situation. Uh, Thank God nobody was hurt on either side of this Mm because the police, they're in a tough spot as well. They're also confused. They're getting credible statements that somebody's making death threats. What do they do? They have to do something because if it was real, 
and they do nothing because, oh, it's probably just one of those Twitch video game streaming things. They don't show up, and then it turns out to be uh, an actual threat. Then they're in even bigger trouble. Mm-hmm. I wonder, because it says the, the death threat had their name on it. So maybe that's a red flag going forward. If the death threat has their address and name on it, maybe it's a doxing. Maybe it's a swatting. I don't blame the police here, but I don't think death threats often come with a come find me here once you receive the threat as well. Yeah, you never know, though, when you're dealing with people. They have, could have different motives. We've heard about people who want to be harmed by the police. Sure, yeah, death by or suicide by cop. Right, yeah. and they'll they'll put their name on, on that sort of thing. So, again, you got to follow through with it. But, uh, yeah, I can't imagine uh, what this woman has gone through. She is transgender um, and is saying that there was some insensitivity by the, the police officers to her being transgender in the arrest. That's what she's alleging. She says she is planning to take legal action against the London police. But I think it's important to remember who the real bad guy is here. It's the a-hole who is calling these these doxing uh, threats in, they're the person that needs to be found and brought to justice. Yeah, and the whole point is they're sowing the seeds of chaos. So when, these, when, when this situation happens and the police show up, it's going to be chaotic because it's very confusing and it's purposely people are being deceived. So the police are going to be confused as well as the person whose house is being swatted. Well, thank God nobody was hurt. There's more on this story if you want to check it out at globalnews.ca. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. I want to tell you about an interesting play in Major League Baseball yesterday. Baseball history was made. When a Pirates infielder, Rodolfo Castro, slid into third base, and listen what happened. Castro slides into third. His phone comes out of his pocket. Now that's a first. <laughs> and there's Adam Hammery. Dude, your phone is down there. Hey, right there. <laughs> his cell phone, and it was not a small phone. Like, it was the full-sized iPhone from the looks, <laughs> looks the of Android it. Android 9. <laughs> this oh, thing comes flying out of his back pocket. Is there not some sort of rule that you can't have your cell phone in the dugout with you? I don't know. There were players in multiple sports that were busted tweeting during the game they were actually playing in. I can't remember if it was basketball or baseball, but if I was a manager, I would 100% make that rule happen. Yeah, well, if it wasn't a rule before yesterday within the Pirates organization... I'm assuming it's a rule today. <laughs> <laughs> the phone just comes sliding out of the back pocket. If the if the phone touches the bag, are you safe? I think so, yeah. <laughs> I wonder, like, what if he got beamed by a pitch and it smashed a lithium battery and then his, like, pocket exploded? I know that's a rare thing, but you never know. Right. Like, I, it could have been worse. Could have cracked and stabbed his leg. I'm assuming he did sign up for the... Uh, the long-term warranty, the the screen protection and all that, <laughs> right? If your screen shatters, you can take it in yeah. and get a new one for free. <laughs> Sliding into third base with your phone in your back pocket. Okay. Astro slides into third. His phone comes out of his pocket. Now that's a first. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Did you see Marshawn Lynch got a DUI on Tuesday? No, not Marshawn. I know. We, we were talking uh, a couple weeks ago about how we loved him on that improv show. What was it called? How to Catch a Murderer or something? Murder, like that? Murderland, Murderville. Murderville, Murderville yeah. With Will Arnett. 
And he was, every week there's, or every episode, I should say, because it's on Netflix, every episode, a different celebrity has to improv through like a scripted cop show. Yeah, like a Law and Order almost. <laughs> they don't get a script, and then at the end they have to try and figure out who the killer was for that episode. And the best episode is Marshawn Lynch. Mm. The guy is absolutely hilarious. So, yeah, not good news. He um, must have been he, drinking that Skittle Brow. <laughs> he got uh, a DUI, and if you take a look at his car, TMZ has pictures. Like, it's a beautiful sports car. Uh, Shelby GT 2020. Oh, yeah, those are beautiful. He was driving on with no tire on the front driver's, driver's side wheel. His tire was completely gone. He was driving on the rim which it was deteriorated down to like the spokes of the rim because he was driving on it for on a while for so long. by the looks of it. And then his back tire was gone as well. So he was wasted. It seems like it. If you look at the, uh, the mug shot. Cross-eyed? <laughs> I don't know if the, do, do they try to put out, do they take multiples when you get your mug shot? Uh, luckily, I've never been in that situation. Yeah. Do they take two or three and then the police just put out the worst one? I think they do. Okay, one in the front, one on the side, and let's just have fun with this next one. <laughs> Whatever you're feeling. Work for yeah. me. <laughs> and I'm spent. But if you look at, uh, here, let me pull it up for you, Jim. The mug shot is, is pretty... Uh, now, I'm no expert. Oh, boy, oh, boy. But his eyes are barely open in that That's picture. That's not good. Now Could have been mid-blank. Could be a bad picture. Yeah. He's just accused. True, true. Now, I'm, I say the clock is ticking to when he says he was on prescription pain pills and accidentally had a beer or something. That, that seems to be the athlete go-to. Tiger Woods did it. Somebody else did it. And it's like everybody knows these guys have chronic pain from being in the league for so long that that's the go-to move. Yeah, I don't. I, know. I wouldn't believe it. I, I don't. Believe I don't it. know if alcohol was a factor, but he has notoriously talked about uh, smoking the ganja. He got. He must keep, have had some of that good stuff. If you're driving around on the rims. <laughs> you got to keep beast mode at bay somehow, right? <laughs> yeah, he, he's beast talked mode about, sedated. He's talked about doing doing the ganja in the past, but look at the car, completely like the the rim is partially gone. Oh, yeah, and you, the body must be scraping, too. That's brutal, man. Yeah. That's so, awful. Marshawn Lynch. This is his second DUI, too, I think. Will be in court for this one this December. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Man, it's been a tough week for uh, music fans, losing some uh, some musicians. The tragic story in Hamilton, Gord Lewis from Teenage Head, police still investigating his homicide, you had Olivia Newton-John passing away from cancer. And this is a name you may not recognize, but you'll definitely recognize this guy's songs. Motown songwriting legend Lamont Dozier has died. He was 81 years old. Listen to a little sample of songs that came from this guy's mind. Love songs ever. 
From the early 1960s? It sure sounds like it. Man. Marvin Gaye, Diana Ross, and the Supremes, the Four Tops, Martha and the Vandellas. Some of the greatest songs ever written were written by this man. Yeah. It's funny though, like it's funny how some songs just get they they're timeless. Like, stop in the name of like yeah. even by the time you're like five or six years old, every kid. Knows that Somehow song. Knows that yeah, song. it's so weird. Even though it was written so long ago. Well, all of those, I feel like I grew up, like those songs are from my childhood, even though they're not. I grew up in the 80s, but I think the reason is every movie from the 80s about childhood took place in the 60s. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you're my girl. Sure. and Stand uh, by me. Stand by me, the Sandlot. Yeah, yeah. All of even, those, even It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those movies, and you watch them, and you so you associate those songs with being a kid. Yeah, totally. Even though they're not from your childhood. Uh huh. That's a hundred percent it. Now and then, classic movie from the nineties with all those songs on the soundtrack. Simon Birch. <laughs> I never saw that one, but I'm sure it had it too. Well, Simon Birch, he was he did good. That mm. kid. Uh, rest in peace, Lamont Dozier. He has passed away at age 81, and what a musical legacy he has left behind. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Arm boxing. Is it the next big thing? Video has surfaced out of Russia of this new sport. Now, details are scarce. I've been trying to find information about the arm boxing league in Russia. Don't mm-hmm. know how big this is over there. But it's pretty crazy. Both Jim and I saw videos of this pop up online yesterday. It's the next big thing. Explain how the sport works, Jim. They're calling it essentially a cross between arm wrestling and boxing, but it's not really. They're the one. Each opponent puts their left arm in the middle over a table, like an arm wrestling situation. But their uh, left hands are then taped together. On each of their right hands, they have a boxing glove. Their waists are strapped to the table as well, and they're basically just raining blows down upon each other with their hands taped together until one guy knocks out or one's deemed the winner. So they're attached. Yeah, yeah. They are chained, not strapped, chained to the table so they can't run away. Well, there's a leather strap around their waist, and then that leather strap is then chained to the table. So that's what we're hearing jingling and jangling in this clip here. And it's funny because like they're obviously like there's not much strategy going on here, but there is a bit. There's a lot of head movements, and it's it's all about reach essentially. Yeah. But then you're taking your left hand, which is tethered to the other guys, and you're trying to like pull them towards you. Forward. And then when if you miss like you, you know a jab or a front punch, you can come back with a hammer punch and hit him with the backside of your fist too. So there's like wild swinging going on, not just like haymakers happening, and even like karate chops like on each other's forearms, which I think should be illegal. I don't know much about arm, arm boxing rules, but I don't like That's that one. That's where you draw the line, yeah. though. 
And it was, I guess this was like started, the, the little details we have, it was started uh, during one of those uh, slap-off, like you know how Russians oh. love the slap-offs? There was one in 2020 that happened, and this was the first time it debuted, was an arm boxing match. At one so of those it was things. a little sideshow yeah. kind of deal. But it's getting popular itself. The slap fighting is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever been slapped hard in the face, Jim? Well, I was on stage at the Oscars once, and I made a joke about Jada Pinkett. <laughs> I regret it. It was offside. But. <laughs> that doesn't look like fun either. <laughs> I don't even want to get slapped with a tortilla like yeah. the kids are doing. I've actually never been man slapped or slapped by a lady, thankfully, either. I've never been with the f- open slap. Never. It doesn't look enjoyable. No, not at all. But it does look cool when you have the powder on your hands. That is cool. The chalk. Yeah. yeah. Slow-mo. Especially if you got a beard and this big square head. Could you see this catching on in North America, or do you think it's a yes. one-off in, novelty in, from Russia? Anywhere there's social media. I, I bet you I, I could name probably three of my friends that would probably participate in a slap fight if there was one available in Ontario. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? And as long as there's cloud online, people will do it. Like If you were at the cottage with a bunch of boys, and there was a roll of duct tape, and a couple of chains and a table, <laughs> you know, after a couple of drinks, somebody is suggesting that you have a arm boxing match. There's going to be two guys arm boxing, everybody else, Edward 40 hands, taped to beers. <laughs> That's and t- what it's like. <laughs> it's like Edward, another fighter hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More sex That's a good move. Here we go, wrestling move or sex move. Let's see how we do here for WWE Sunday Stunner tickets. Show's going to be at Budweiser Gardens in London, Ontario. And our contestant here is Brad. How you doing, Brad? I'm all right. Yourself? Good. So Jim is going to give you the name of something. It's either a wrestling move or a sex move. If you get enough of these right, we are going to hook you up with tickets, okay? All right, thanks. You're welcome. First up here, wrestling move or sex move, the gut buster. Oh, boy. The gut buster. Well, I would hope that'd be a wrestling move. Well, you're going to be saying that for a lot of these, I guess. <laughs> the gut buster is a wrestling move. Yes. It's any move in which the wrestler lifts their opponent up and jumps or drops him or her on their gut. Next one. The stroke. The stroke. <laughs> wrestling move or sex move? The stroke. Well, I'm going to try sex move this time. I'm sorry. That's a wrestling oh. move. That's a modified Shoot. Russian leg sweep by Cowboy Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Sounds like you might be a lonely man, Brad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's my sex move. You stole my move. Okay, next here, sex move or wrestling move? The pinball wizard. Pinball wizard. Wrestling move or sex move? Oh, boy. Yeah, 50% chance, right? So let's try sex move again. You are right, good sir. You get into a partial bridge position, kind of like a pinball machine, you know what I mean? Like a reverse wheelbarrow kind of thing. Uh-huh. With your weight resting on your shoulders, your partner enters you from a kneeling position. All the right. pinball wizard. Yeah, there we go. Next here, <laughs> wrestling move or sex move, pretzel dip. Well, that sounds like a sex move as well. You are right. Lie on your right side. Partner kneels, straddling your right and leg, curling your left leg around the left side, getting all pretzel there. And then you dip it in mustard, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Finally here, the, the last one. 
The Fame Asser. The Fame Asser. Well, I'm going to go wrestling move on that one. Too obvious. It is a wrestling move by badass Billy Gunn. The Fame Asser is a leg drop when the guy's bent over at the waist. You know your stuff, Brad. Congratulations. You have just won yourself passes to the WWE. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.